Hey everybody, welcome to the Active Churches Podcast. We hope you are inspired by today's message from one of our teaching pastors here at Active Churches. We are online and we are also in person, so we'd love to have you gather with us 9 a.m. and 1045 here at our Ukaipa location or online on YouTube or Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's dive into our message. Come now, Lord, like 
1965, Hal David and Burt Bacharach got together to write the song, What the World Needs Now. And they wrote it as a prayer because of what was happening in the world. Vietnam was taking place, there were protests, there was distrust of the government, there was a lot of hate, there was a lot of discord, a lot of disunity. In fact, it sounds a lot like our world in 2021, doesn't it? Like in the last 60 years, it feels like nothing has changed. Maybe that's why over 100 artists have re-recorded the song, What the World Needs Now is Love, because that's what we need right now. We need more love based upon what we see around us, right? And here's the truth. I know that you know this. I know that you believe this. But I think the question that we have to wrestle with is this. Like, what is required of us because of that? Like, if the world needs love, then what are we going to do about it? Like, we're really good at pointing out problems, aren't we? Like, just look at Twitter. <laughs> That's where all the problems are pointed out. And we're terrible at bringing solutions. And, and often those solutions are out of our hands. Have you noticed that the problem is always them and not us? And that the solutions is always in their hands and not our hands. And then when the solution is in their hands, they make it messier. And then we get more angry and we point out more problems, right? Like what the world needs now is more love. And we got to stop talking and tweeting and posting and sharing about it. I think that we need to ask a better question. And the question is this, what is required of us? And that's what I want to start with today and over the next few weeks in this series called What the World Needs Now. And if you're joining us for the first time watching or listening, my name is Mike and I serve on the team here at Active Church. And if you're a Christian, here's what I know to be true about us. Like we know that the world needs love. And the truth is, is we know where love comes from. It doesn't come from another law or a movement or a person. Love comes from Jesus, the person and work of Jesus. Love is found in Jesus. In fact, the first Christians, they believed that. They were convinced of that. And they shared that with us. John, the disciple who spent three years with Jesus, he wrote five letters in the New Testament, talked about this. He talked about what the world needs now and how it, it's love and how that love comes from God. Listen to how he describes what happens when we decide to ask the question, what is required of us because of what the world needs now? In 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 7, John writes this, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. When love is alive, when love exists, it's because God's there, according to John. He says, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us, that he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. We would experience his love and then give it away. And then he says, this is love. He defines it for us. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for sin. Like he forgave us and set us free for the thing, from the thing that we couldn't set ourselves free from, sin. That's why Jesus came. And then he says, dear friends, since God loved us, let us also love one another. For no one has seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And then he finishes with this line. This is how we know that we live in him and he is in us, that he has given us his spirit. So according to John, what the world needs now is love. And then he, he highlights three important things that we need to understand, especially if we're a follower of Jesus. First, love comes from God. Like the longing we have to be loved, to be satisfied by that love, is found in God. 
through the person and work of Jesus. When our heart longs for love, it's found in who God is and what God does. This is what the world needs now. And then John also says that the evidence that we've received the love of God is displayed in how we love each other. That's when you know you're maturing and growing in your faith, when your love is maturing and growing. Not when your biblical knowledge is growing, not because you read the Bible cover to cover or went to church or know all the worship songs, although those things are good. You know you're growing in your faith when your love grows, when there's space for people. According to John, that's the evidence that God is at work in you. And then he says, we give and receive God's love through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is all of God in spirit, just like Jesus is all of God in the flesh. And when you trust in Jesus, the gift that God gives you is his Holy Spirit. It's not God's invitation to say, hey, I want you to behave yourself and be religious now that you follow me. It's God giving you his spirit and transforming you from the inside out so that you can become more like Jesus. It's all of God in all of you. And according to John, this is what the world needs now. Like the world needs you with the spirit of God moving through you. And so starting today and over the next few weeks, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about what the world needs right now and how the world needs the people of God filled with the spirit of God to tell the story of God. And that's how love is shared and displayed because the people of God share and display God's love. And I know when we talk about the Holy Spirit, especially if you're new to this, it might seem a bit mysterious or very religious. So can I demystify it for you? I want to use the words of Paul to help demystify that because Paul actually makes it very accessible and easy to understand. He talks about what the world needs now and how it needs the people of God filled with the Spirit of God giving that gift of God away. And here's how he talks about it to people like you and I. He writes this, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you or do a great work in you, tell a better story through you, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul says, let me help you understand what the world needs now by first understanding you. Like you're made up of three parts. You're made up of, of, of a body and, and a soul and a spirit. Now the body is what you see. You are watching this, you see my body. When you look in the mirror, you see your body. It's what you take care of. It's, it's what you keep healthy. It's what you go to the doctor for, right? That's one part of you. The second part of you is your soul. And typically when the soul is described in the scriptures, it represents your mind or your will or your conscience or your personality. And then the third part is your spirit. This is the inmost part of you. This is the part that comes alive when you trust in Jesus. This is the part that wakes up when the spirit of God enters into you. Like this is the part that Paul says is the new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And understanding that can actually clear up a lot of confusion because maybe perhaps you thought like, hey, I trusted in Jesus. How come my body isn't renewed? Like, wouldn't it be great if you trusted in Jesus and then you lost 15 pounds automatically? Or you trusted in Jesus and then you're able to play football again because you're healed? Or you trusted in Jesus and the wrinkles go away or the hairline actually goes back to where it was in your 20s, right? Like, sometimes we ask that question, like if I trusted in Jesus, what, what actually is made new? My body doesn't feel like it's being made new. And then my mind, I still have these struggles in my mind. So what has changed? And according to Paul, he says, your, your spirit has changed because now you're filled with the spirit of God and your body and your soul are learning from the spirit of God. And, and that's what's working in you and transforming you. This is why you struggle sometimes. This is why you feel tension in you. 
Because God is at work in you. He's turning your focus and your attention away from what you want to what he wants because it's bigger and it's better and it changes you and it changes the world. Paul writes about that tension. He says that I, I, I do what I don't want to do. And then there are times that I do the things that I hate. And I'm, I'm so frustrated with myself. In fact, he says, I'm a wretched man. But he recognizes that God is up to something in him. And listen, just because there's a tension inside of you doesn't mean that transformation isn't happening within you. That tension is the evidence of God working in you. And, and don't confuse the work of God and your work, all right? See, the work of God is to transform you. Your work is to trust and obey, to follow, and to believe that God is doing a great work in you. See, religion, the reason why we're frustrated with it is because often religion will invite you to do these things right, and then you'll get God. Like, take these right steps and you'll get God. Make these right decisions, and then on the other side of that will be God. That's what religion teaches, and that doesn't change you. That just modifies your behavior. But what Jesus invites you into is this, you will never be right on your own. So come to me and I will make things right. In other words, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. Jesus came to make dead people alive. Like, you know that you can be alive, but not have life, right? You can walk around life numb, almost dead. And what Jesus has come to do is to bring us life to forgive us and set us free. And that happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. So what does the world need now? You. The world needs you fully alive, filled with the Spirit of God to tell the story of God to the world. The world needs you. And it all begins with this letter that Paul writes in the scriptures called Galatians where he is wrestling with what the world needs now and how it begins in you and then influences what happens around you. And I want to read to you what he said. And if you have a Bible with you or the Bible app near you, would you turn to Galatians chapter 5 and we'll start in verse 13. And here's what Paul wrote to us about what the world needs now. He said, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law, the law of God is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. So I say to you, walk by the spirit and do not gratify the desires of the flesh or of what you want. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit of God and the spirit of God, what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. That's why you feel tension sometimes in your heart. This is so that you don't do whatever you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law, which means that you don't need the law of God to know what is right and wrong. God's Holy Spirit is transforming you to lead you into what is the best way, the better story. And then Paul writes and tells us what it looks like when we're not filled with the Spirit, what it looks like when we're trying to do things on our own, when we're just religious. He says, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, that's when you can't control yourself, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousies, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions and factions. Those are things when people get together and those pockets of people are dangerous. Envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those people have not entrusted themselves to who Jesus is and been filled with the Holy Spirit. But he says, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, here's, here's what it looks like. It's love and joy and peace and forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
Against such things there is no law, which means that God doesn't need a law to behave himself. And when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, neither do you, because you're led by God. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I love that. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. So here's what this means. Let's talk about you first. Paul is saying to you that the lives of Jesus followers are not ruled by the rules. The lives of Jesus followers are directed by the power of God through the Spirit of God. That is what happens when you first trust in Jesus and the Spirit of God is alive in you. It's not God inviting you to choose to not do things. It's God inviting you to choose to live life in accordance with the way of the kingdom of God. Like, have you ever... Have you ever tried to not do something and then you ended up doing it? A few years ago, I helped my friend move and I had a truck at the time. And so we filled up all of his house in the back of my truck and we went to the new house and we pulled in the driveway and his house and his wall were really, really close. Like the driveway was really thin. So I I pulled my truck in and I remember thinking like, I don't want to hit that as I leave. So we unloaded my truck and as I'm backing out, I was thinking to myself, don't hit the wall, don't hit the wall, don't hit the wall, don't hit the wall. And guess what I did? I hit the wall. And I scratched the wall and I scratched my truck and my friend, he laughed at me and now we're not friends anymore. But I I hit the wall and I hit my truck and I felt terrible about my truck and about the wall. And what I learned in that moment is what you're looking at is what you're working on. What you're thinking about is what you will do. And I was so focused on not doing something that I wasn't thinking about what I wanted to do. I think a lot of us, as we follow Jesus, even if you're new to this, I think a lot of us follow Jesus by, by... looking behind us. We're we're running from something. And Jesus invites us to look forward to run to something, to run to him. Because when we're running from something, then our life is all about sin management, right? A couple weeks ago, I was talking to one of our elders here at Active Church. The elders are a group of people who hold me accountable to make sure that we're leading the church in a very biblical, God-honoring sort of way. And we were talking about this very idea of like sin management and they texted me something that was so powerful. They said this, the lie that we need to focus on overcoming our sins is so very dangerous because it takes our eyes off of Jesus Christ and it puts our eyes on our sin and the imaginary ability that we think that we have to solve the matter ourselves. Like when you trust in Jesus, you're filled with God's spirit and God invites you into something, not just to run from something, but to keep your eyes on someone and that's him. Like if you're in the middle of a struggle, if you're struggling, I wanna invite you to take one look at your sin and then take 10 looks at Jesus because that's where love is found. And when you experience God's love, then what you do is you, you, you give it away because you can't hold it in. This is what the world needs now. It needs you to understand what it means to be filled with God's spirit and experience his love so that you can give it away. And when you give it away, it changes the world because they need love. It's what they need right now. And he goes back to the original question that I asked you, I asked of us as we started, like what is required of us? Specifically, what is love required of us in a world that's broken? I wanna give you four things, four things to consider. First. Love requires that I walk with others. Like Paul says that we walk in the spirit, not run in the spirit. And I think that that's intentional because I think often we want to love others. And if we wanna love others, we have to slow down and adjust to their capacity. Like hurry and love, they don't mix. It's like oil and water. 
For those of you that are parents, have you ever walked your child when they were little and they were learning how to walk and you were in a hurry, but they weren't? Like it, it feels like you're dragging them, but you don't want to drag them because you're not a bad parent and you don't want other people thinking you're a bad parent, right? But they want to stop and they want to see the roses and they want to stop and pick up the rock. They want to stop and make a comment. They see a bird. They want to, they want to play with a bird, right? And you're in a hurry. Hurry and love are not compatible. And what love requires of us is that we would actually walk with others. And this is the way of Jesus. Peter actually writes about that. He said that Jesus, the Lord, is patient with us. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Like the reason why God has allowed the mess that's happening in our world is because perhaps from that mess comes a better story. The opportunity for forgiveness and freedom and repentance could come from that. And that's the message that we get to bring to the world. Like you're never too far away. This is for everyone. And love requires that we walk with others. Love requires that I see others, that you see others. One of my favorite stories in the scriptures was written by Luke, who investigated the story of Jesus and discovered that he is who he says that he is, and that he accomplished what he said he will accomplish. There's this moment in, in Luke chapter 8 where he's, Jesus is walking with religious leaders and the disciples, and he's in this big crowd, hundreds if not thousands of people. And Jesus has this moment where he says, hey, uh, who touched me? And they were really close together. It was pre-COVID, right? So they were really close together. And he goes, who touched me? And they're like, Jesus, everybody's bumping into you, bro. Like, like everybody is touching you. And he goes, no, no, no. Somebody touched me and power went out of my body. What he's saying there in that moment is somebody in this crowd has faith that I could heal them. Somebody in this crowd believes that I am who I say that I am. Somebody knows that I'm the son of God. In fact, it was a woman who was struggling physically that touched the edge of his jacket because she believed that she would find healing because there was this Old Testament prophet named Micah that actually said that, that the Spirit of God in the Messiah would have healing in its wings. And the word wings literally means the edge of a jacket. And so she was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a risk. I'm gonna have faith. She grabs it and she's, she's healed. Jesus recognizes that. And so she stands up and she says, it was me. She shares her story and this moment is so powerful. Jesus looks at her and he says, daughter, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. I love that word daughter. I'm a, I'm a girl dad. I have, I have two daughters. I have a son in the middle and I have two daughters and, and I, I love them. And they're my daughter. That word daughter means it's like an intimacy. There's, there's a closeness in that word. And Jesus, in amongst all of these people, this huge crowd, he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. But isn't it true? Isn't it true that you can't give peace when you're in a hurry? How many people go unnoticed around you? You can't give peace to people that are unnoticed, right? You can't give peace to people that, that are around you when you're in a hurry. It, it, it's, called, it's called paying attention because it does cost you something, right? Like divided attention is worthless. In fact, biologists say that, that multitasking isn't a thing. It, we like to think that it's a thing, but it's not. Multitasking is just your brain shutting off one task and going to the next. Whether you finish it or you are over it, you move on to the next. Like it's, it's called paying attention because it costs you something, right? Theologian Henry Nouwen said, I've spent my whole life complaining that my work was being interrupted and then I discovered that my interruptions were my work. Now this, this doesn't mean that you have to stop and talk to everybody, but what it means is that you're gonna do for the one that you wish you could do for everyone because love requires that I walk with others, love requires that I, that I see others, and love requires that I forgive others. Like life is too hard and too exhausting to be offended. And when you're offended, it actually gets worse. 
And, and the truth about us, if we're just going to be honest with each other, the truth about us is that we fight battles that were never ours to fight. And then we comment on that CNN or Fox News article, or we comment on that post or, or that tweet, and we get all fired up because what they said was something we disagreed with and we felt like it was our battle to fight. And you know who never did that? Jesus. Jesus had a lot of reasons to be offended and he never once was offended. And the reason why was because his identity wasn't based on my opinion or your opinion. His identity was based on his heavenly father's love for him. And that's why forgiveness is so powerful because forgiveness says, listen, God, you need to do something there because I can't fix it. And I don't want what they said or what they've done to influence who I am today and in the future. I don't want that to get in the way of my story. So I'm gonna forgive. It doesn't say what they did to you or said to you is okay. It just says, I'm going to be set free from this moment because I know who I am because I believe in you, Jesus, and what you said about me. When, when we love, love requires that we forgive each other. And when we love, love requires that we serve each other. Paul said, don't use your freedom to indulge in whatever you wanna do. Like you have been rescued and saved so that you can tell the story of your rescue and your salvation to the world. Because that's what the world needs now. Love, love requires sacrifice. In fact, love is measured by sacrifice. Like I would even go as far as to say that if there is no sacrifice, then love doesn't exist in that relationship or that friendship. Love requires sacrifice. It's measured by sacrifice because Jesus gave of his life because our heavenly father sent him to do so. This is what love requires of us. Love requires that we hold space for each person that we encounter. And that's hard, but it's possible because when we trust in Jesus, we're filled with the spirit of God the same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the grave. And if it can res resurrect Jesus from the grave, it can, it can cause you to love. It can turn your attention to love. It can teach you to love. Where you hold space for people, where you say there's always room for one more at our table. There, there's always a way. I always have hope. I believe that there's something more, even though I haven't seen it or heard it or experienced it yet. So I wanna finish our time by asking you this question because if what the world needs now is love, what's required of us? Well, what's required of us is to hold space for people. So, so who do you know, need to hold space for in your life? Who in your life do you need to hold space for? Who in your life needs to be seen? Who in your life needs to be served? Who in your life do you need to slow down for? Who in your life do you need to create space for? because that's what the world needs now. It needs love and that's what love requires of us. Maybe, maybe for you, today is a good day to actually start with you, that you would trust in Jesus for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time, that you would be filled with God's spirit so that you could tell the story of God to the world. And so maybe you need to just say to Jesus in your own heart, in your own mind, or maybe even out loud as you watch or listen, you would say to Jesus, Jesus, I trust you. I believe in you. I believe that you came and died and forgive me of my sins and you resurrected from the grave and you've set me free. I believe that you are the son of God. It's as simple as that. And it's that first step in saying, God, I wanna move in your direction. I wanna trust and obey. One of the best things that we do around here is Baptism Sunday at Active. 
Baptism is the expression of the private work of God in a very public way. It's saying, I no longer believe that this is just for me. I believe that this story of God that he is doing in me has to get out of me. And that's why baptism is so powerful. And I wanna invite you to consider getting baptized. Our next Baptism Sunday is June 20th, Father's Day at our Active Church Ukaipa location. And I would invite you to come out and get baptized that day. And you can get started by texting baptism to the number on the screen. My friend, what the world needs now is you filled with God's Holy Spirit so that you can tell the story of God to the world that God loves. Because what the world needs now is love. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, what the world needs now is your love. And so may we, the people who have trusted in Jesus, the people of God, tell the story of God the story of God's love, your story, God, to the world around us. And may it start in our world. May it start in our hearts so that it overflows to the hearts around us. May we hold space for each person we encounter so that they're seen and they're known and they're served and they're loved because of Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray all of these things. And together we say amen and amen and amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you were inspired. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. Hey, I want to ask you to do two things. First thing, hit that subscribe button to stay connected to the Active Churches podcast. The second thing I want to invite you to do is go onto your social media accounts, Instagram and Facebook, and go to Active Churches. Stay connected to the community because together we can tell a better story.